Welcome to the Rev Sarah Shares podcast for Sunday the 16th of October. We're continuing our Extraordinary series and we're looking at Extraordinary Journeys with Joseph. So we're going to have a couple of Bible readings from Genesis and then one from Acts, uh, which are brought to us by Margaret. And then Heather is going to lead us in our reflection. Genesis 37 verses 3 to 11. Jacob loved Joseph more than all his other sons because he had been born to him when he was old. He made him a long robe with full sleeves for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than he loved them, they hated their brother so much that they would not speak to him in a friendly manner. One time Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. He said, listen to the dream I had. We were all in the field tying up sheaves of wheat when my sheaf got up and stood up straight. Yours formed a circle around mine and bowed down to it. Do you think you are going to be a king and rule over us? His brothers asked. So they hated him even more because of his dreams and because of what he said about them. Then Joseph had another dream and told his brothers. I had another dream in which I saw the sun, the moon and 11 stars bowing down to me. He also told the dream to his father and his father scolded him. What kind of a dream is that? Do you think that your mother, your brothers and I are going to come and bow down to you? Joseph's brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept thinking about the whole matter. And from verse 15, Joseph arrived at Shechem and was wandering around in the country when a man saw him and asked him, what are you looking for? I am looking for my brothers who are taking care of their flock, he answered. Can you tell me where they are? The man said, they have already left. I heard them say that they were going to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him in the distance and before he reached them, they plotted against him and decided to kill him. They said to one another, here comes that dreamer. Come on now, let's kill him and throw his body into one of the dry wells. We can see that a wild animal killed him. Then we will see what becomes of his dreams. Reuben heard them and tried to save Joseph. Let's not kill him, he said. Just throw him into this well in the wilderness, but don't hurt him. He said this, planning to save him from them and send him back to his father. When Joseph came upon his brothers, they ripped off his long robe with full sleeves. Then they took him and threw him into the well, which was dry. While they were eating, they suddenly saw a group of Ishmaelites traveling from Gilead to Egypt. Their camels were loaded with spices and raisins. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother and covering up the murder? Let's sell him to these Ishmaelites. Then we won't have to hurt him 
After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed, and when some Midianite traders came by, the brothers pulled Joseph out of the well and sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Amen. Genesis 45 verses 3 to 15 Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But when his brothers heard this, they were so terrified that they could not answer. Then Joseph said to them, Please come closer. They did, and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be upset or blame yourselves, because you sold me here. It was really God who sent me ahead of you to save people's lives. This is only the second year of famine in the land. There will be five more years in which there will be neither ploughing nor reaping. God sent me ahead of you to rescue you in this amazing way and to make sure that you and your descendants survive. So it was not really you who sent me here, but God. He has made me the king's highest official. I am in charge of his whole country. I am the ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him that this is what his son Joseph says. God has made me ruler of all Egypt. Come to me without delay. You can live in the region of Goshen, where you can be near me, you, your children, your grandchildren, your sheep, your goats, your cattle, and everything else that you have. If you are in Goshen, I can take care of you. There will still be five years of famine, and I do not want you, your family, and your livestock to starve. Joseph continued, Now all of you, and you too, Benjamin, can see that I am really Joseph. Tell my father how powerful I am here in Egypt, and tell him about everything that you have seen. Then hurry and bring him here. He threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and began to cry. Benjamin also cried as he hugged him. Then, still weeping, he embraced each of his brothers and kissed them. After that, his brothers began to talk with him. Amen. Acts 9 verses 26 to 31. Saul in Jerusalem. Saul went to Jerusalem and tried to join the disciples, but they would not believe that he was a disciple and they were all afraid of him. Then Barnabas came to his help and took him to the apostles. He explained to them how Saul had seen the Lord on the road and that the Lord had spoken to him. He also told them how boldly Saul had preached in the name of Jesus in Damascus. And so Saul stayed with them and went all over Jerusalem preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He also talked 
and disputed with the Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers found out about this, they took Saul to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus. And so it was that the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria had a time of peace. Through the help of the Holy Spirit, it was strengthened and grew in numbers as it lived in reverence for the Lord. Amen. Now, when Sarah asked me to give a reflection on today's scripture readings, I must confess that my first thought was to just launch into a full-scale production of the song Any Dream Will Do from the musical Joseph and His Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. However, due to both time and budget constraints, and not really wanting to scare MD off with my singing, then that will just have to wait for another time. I was hoping for a bit of an, oh, there, but that's okay. <laughs> now, in our scripture reading today, we hear about Joseph, a young man who famously was able to dream and then interpret those, those dreams to tell about the future. On telling his father and his brothers about these dreams, well, his father rebukes him and his brothers are filled with jealousy. Like my hope for an, oh, I don't think that that was quite the reaction that Joseph was hoping for. This jealousy is a catalyst for his brothers seizing the opportunity to get rid of Joseph once and for all. So after throwing Joseph down a well, they decide to make some money by selling Joseph to some passing Ishmaelites. Over the course of time, Joseph's life seems to go from bad to worse. He gets sold as a slave in Egypt. He's then falsely accused of sexual relations with his master's wife and eventually he ends up in prison. To say Joseph's life had taken a bit of a downward turn is quite the understatement. It's in prison, however, that we perhaps start to see that God is indeed with Joseph and working in his life. In prison, Joseph makes a name for himself with this talent for interpreting dreams. And it's this talent, the talent that was disparaged by his father and hated by his brothers, that brings Joseph to the attention of the Pharaoh and has him ultimately predicting bumper crops and then a famine in Egypt's future. By Joseph's forecasting dreams, Pharaoh recognises Joseph as a man to lead Egypt through the times of plenty and then through the upcoming famine. Joseph has gone from a victim of violence to working as a slave to time in prison, and then to being the Pharaoh's right-hand man, stockpiling Egypt's extra crops in preparation for the famine ahead. What a reversal in fortune. We then arrive at the scene where Joseph's brothers, who had earlier in the tale thrown him down a well, then sold him off as a slave, well, they come before Joseph on their knees, begging for food. I always imagine the moment 
when Joseph recognises his brothers before him and them having no clue as to who he is. And I always imagine it being like the drum roll at the end of an episode of EastEnders. A cliffhanger where we don't know how Joseph will react. Will he reveal his identity? Or will he keep it a secret? Now, his brothers, as I've said, they don't recognise Joseph. After all, they hadn't seen him for such a long time. And he was all dressed up in the, the finery that you would expect of an Egyptian official. Joseph does recognise his brothers straight away though. And after ensuring his brothers have changed and that they're no longer the jealous, selfish men that they had been when they sold him as a slave, Joseph then reveals his true identity to his brothers, weeping with joy at seeing them again. Joseph tells them to not be sad or angry with themselves for their past actions, because God made all these things happen in order for Joseph to come to Egypt and save lives during the time of severe famine, saying in the message translation of the Bible, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. In that moment, Joseph gets a glimpse of God's hand in his journey and how all the toughest obstacles that he had needed to overcome had been part of God's plan for Joseph, to bring him to the place where he could save the lives of others, forgive his brothers for their actions against him, and ultimately lead him to a joyful reunion with his father Jacob, who welcomes Joseph with open arms. What an amazing reversal of fortune for Joseph. Have you ever experienced something similar? Where through your most difficult of times or when you look back at those difficult times, you have seen God working in and through your life? In the account of Joseph, we can see God as the expedition leader. Through Joseph, thousands of lives were able to be saved including the lives of Joseph's brothers. Isn't it amazing then what God does with a messy situation? Instead of giving up and destroying Joseph's brothers, he used their hatred and jealousy to fulfil his plan of saving the world from famine. You might compare it to, to using horse manure in order to help flowers grow. Who would think that such a smelly and disgusting substance could make flowers grow and thrive? But that's what God did with the brothers' hatred and jealousy. We see another example of God's forward planning in our New Testament reading today. Saul, who would later be known by the name of Paul, has been changed by his experience of encountering the Lord on the road to Damascus. When he then tries to join the disciples in Jerusalem, they're all terrified of him and they want nothing to do with him. I mean, after all, this is the same man who had been mercilessly persecuting Christians with fervour until this moment. It's Barnabas who speaks up on Saul's behalf to the apostles. 
And thank goodness that Barnabas did so. For God takes the ugly fervour that Saul had used in persecuting Christians and redirects this into fervour to boldly speak in the name of the Lord through which God brings peace, strength, an increase in numbers to churches in Judea, Galilee and Samaria, and later, through Paul's mission journeys and letters, the good news has been spread to a countless number of people through the generations. In our own lives, we've all experienced times of joy, hope and happiness. And unfortunately, we've all experienced times of fear, sadness, hurt and anger. When we feel lost or in the depths of despair, it can be easy to let bitterness and perhaps even hatred fill our hearts. Sometimes we might even feel angry towards God and we ask questions like, why are you letting this happen? Or, why me? Does that sound familiar? As the Ronan Keating song says, life is a roller coaster. And I'm probably showing my age there with that reference. However, when we realise that God has a good purpose in our lives, that God loves to use and redirect the dark times we face, the sins we do to others and have done to us, well, it makes life so much more bearable. We don't get stuck in our past and continue to dwell on it. Instead, we say, what good can work from this? How did God use this for my growth? Because God promises that nothing will happen to us that won't work ultimately for our good. So, no matter the difficult time that you might be facing now or will face in the future, remember that the Lord can turn a pile of manure into a garden of flowers. If he was able to use all the awful things that Joseph experienced to save him, his family and the lives of thousands, then we can remember that it's not just any dream that we'll do, but through God, all things are possible. For God uses the journey through life for all of us in different ways. He used Joseph's journey in life to save many people's physical lives. And he used Saul's life journey to save many people's spiritual lives. Like Joseph and Saul, God will use your journey through life to help others and to spread the good news. If only you let him. Just open your hearts and minds to give God a chance to point you in the right direction and he'll work a miracle. Amen. Thank you to Heather for that wonderful reflection on our Bible passages. Do read Genesis 37 to 45 to get all the details and I do encourage that for you. Next week we continue our Extraordinary series looking at Extraordinary Witness, looking at laments. I do hope that you will join with us again. 
thank you for being with us and I look forward to being with you again next week. Bye for now and God bless.